like, well, I'll speak for myself. I don't want to be seen as weak. I don't want to be seen as having an issue. Right. I don't want somebody to think twice about hiring me for somebody or trusting me to get something done. Like, I just finished doing a book with 50 Cent, right? And there were all these moments where I was like, I want to tell him I have limes. And then I was like, I can't. Hello and welcome to Got It From My Mama. You got it right. Okay, you interrupted me before I can even get to what people know what the podcast is about. Mm -hmm. Got It From My Mama is a podcast where I talk to my mom about everything you are too scared to chat to your own mom about. I'm Tori Piskin. I'm a comedian in New York City. You see me on MTV's Wilding Out and we're Friday 29 Snapchat Discover. And I'm Lulu Piskin and I take Klonopin. Okay, that is an interesting... <laughs> I just figured, why not put it out there? Um, the podcast is about opening up. I have opened up. And let's get started. Okay, Tori. Today, oh. I never heard this. She she told they me. They literally today. told me. I they were like, you might have AIDS. She she then we came went out with this. Anyway, so long story short, we get to no. But can I just say there were what many else? doctors. Like you said, you've been to fifty doctors. Yeah. So there were Jay, my husband. Everyone knows on the podcast. He did a lot of research, and he's you know at the computer, sure. and he's got every doc. So we she went to many doctors, and they kept changing the formula of the antibiotics. Right. Nothing worked. Right. Finally, things got so bad, and obviously, Tori is living at home. She just graduates from college, and she's a freaking nightmare neurologically. She's crying all the time. She's throwing things. (laughs) She was a shit show at home, literally. And you guys remember, Lulu makes. Everything no, no. exaggerated. Everything you, you were Mom, that. You say it like I probably Tori. threw. You're describing you were it like I bad. threw a, a chair out the eleventh floor. You probably did. Anyway, so daddy, so so anyway, we were desperate yeah. as parents, sure. and so somehow I, you know, I would always find people to talk to, and someone that knew someone that had chronic Lyme. Right. They had a support group yeah. at the hospital. Yeah. Mount Sinai. Mm. And so Jay went. Okay. And in this support group, not her, right. Jay goes. Yeah. And I'm so like off because, making videos. No, right. she's, but she's also 21 years old and doesn't want to believe she really has Which it. is a very tough time to get it. Yeah. yeah. It's a very tough time. And she's going, I have no life. Right. Fuck me. Right. What, I have no future. And, you know, it's like a knife through my heart. Oh, my right. God, my fucking kid is sick. Yeah, sure. And I'm angry. I'm right. really angry. Okay, so Jay is much calmer than me. He goes, and someone says, listen, she must get that IV. The port has to go in her arm. These are people that have had chronic Lyme for like 10 years, 20 years. And this is the doctor you go to, Dr. Bernard Raxlin. Okay. And so Jay comes home. First thing we did, we, we, Jay and I, we made the appointment, but it took three appointments. And I looked at Dr. Raxlin and I said, maybe we should really do the IV. No, what happened was he was waiting to get one of these tests. It was like a culture test. So it took like two months to see. It's like to see if something. Right. He was culturing in Connecticut somewhere, I think. No, he was. Your blood goes somewhere to see. I've had. So much. 10,000 tests. Yeah. Yeah. But this is also 2014 at the time. So it was. Right. So he goes to see if this bl- something grows, but it takes two months to figure out. Cybo test? Maybe. Then I don't Jay know. Would, see, Jay would really. So right. basically. He was like really. By that time, what? finding out 
if the thing's growing. I'll never forget, like, the day before going to him, I was so sick. I, like, a block felt like a mile. I was having tunnel vision. Like, yeah. my knees were hurting. I remember having doing this internship where I was sitting, and I was like, I don't even want to get lunch. Like, my knees are, like, so swollen. Yeah. And we go to Raxlin, and he's like, okay, it came back positive. You need to do IV antibiotics, or you have to, like, put in something in your ass, he kept saying. Need- no, the needles. No, no, yeah. no. You could also inject. And he was like, but that might not work, so you should uh, just do yeah. the lime. And I was right. like, or not the lime, sorry. The you pick. Just do the, the pick. pick. The, the pick. pick. Yeah, the yeah, thank the you. The yeah. pick. So yeah. I'm like, wait, a pick? Like, what the hell is that? And mm. he's like, it's a port you put in into your chest or your arm. Like, it's a permanent IV. So I'm like 21. All my friends are getting their, like, first job. Now it's, like, September. Right. So it's, like, that time when all your friends get jobs or they're going to graduate school. I just found out I have this lime. I'm getting a pick line in my arm. Right. So I get it. And I also was like a little hypochondriac before. Sure. So I get this thing. And then basically for the next like eight months, I didn't do anything because I ended up having awful anxiety where I couldn't even leave my house. Mm. Um, and the symptoms. You were in the hospital twice. I was in the hospital. Which, and they can't do anything for you. It's just, Nothing. No, the right. guy thought I was nuts. Right. He was like, he's like, take a, a lorazepam, like a Xanax right. or something. They're just going to try to calm you down and get you out of there. Right. So... It's just so I go there and I'm just so sick and that's when I guess I started making these like videos and about having Lyme disease and like documenting myself and then I would post on these like Lyme disease forum groups which at the time were like very good um, but then almost it was like it became like too much. Yeah, that's Kinda, the I, danger. Yeah, like during it it was great and then all these people would contact me from like Germany and Berlin. They'd be like, you're so funny. I've had then they tell me their stories and it's like. It was so much. They're like, I've had Lyme disease for twenty years, and my yeah. my son doesn't believe me. And and I'm pretty, I'm twenty. I'm twenty two years old. You gotta, and I, I, well, keep going. I can't get rid. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. And then I'll never forget. I posted one video where I went to Harlem and I asked people if they heard of Lyme disease. It was like a man on the street thing, and I posted it. And then this girl who was like. 15 had Lyme since she was a kid. She, she messages me. She's like, Tori, I just want to let you know in another Lyme disease group, they're talking shit about you. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? She goes, they're bullying you. I'm about to bring you in. But you guys remember, bring you in. It's like, this is all over like Facebook, okay? Because everyone has Lyme disease tires. Nothing's in person. Everything's right. over the internet. So she writes in the group. She's like, letting every, okay, Tori's here. Who's the guy that bullied Tori? Who's the guy that said her video right. wasn't, whatever. And then she goes, letting you know Tori's so funny. She has Lyme disease. And then she goes, I mean, this wasn't her best video. <laughs> but she's here. Bring right. out the bully. And then the bully comments on the being like, okay, it was me. I don't like what she did. She's running around Harlem asking me about Lyme disease. Meanwhile, we're in wheelchairs. And then I come out with, like, my statement. Right. <laughs> I'm, like, letting you know Lyme disease, you know, I might look fine, but I actually underneath my jacket. I had a pick line. And right. All this stuff. So I would say that's where, like, my fan, my Lyme disease fans started. Okay. Um, and then... And you got a lot of Lyme disease fans. But you did your last treatment at Grand Central Station. No, that wasn't actually... That was a joke. What? Oh, I thought it was no. real. <laughs> I thought it was real. One of the but, videos was, like, I took my IV, like, my IV, and I, like, did it at Grand Central and, like, got people's reactions, and I asked people to hold my, like, IV bag for me. Okay. Um, And so... Yeah, I don't even, then after eight months of antibiotics, then I would say it took me about another year. At that point, I was like 80% better, but I was, my biggest symptom was just extreme fatigue yeah. and still 
anxiety and like you had a lot of neurological symptoms though right but the thing with tori is she was a hypochondriac right so when she was calling and saying listen i have this blur so my husband and i were like oh god you know right. we almost wanted to ignore her right because this has been her mo right and then it i'm got, the, same way. I'm the, I'm same the girl way. who cried wolf so right but it really had and even my friends but, in college would say that. but here's i mean this is where it gets very tricky in, in my fan well my my mother is a complete neurotic Jewish lady, oh. mm-hmm. and you know, you guys are talking about like support systems and family. My mom is on the bench, staring at the coach, begging to get in this game with me. Right, like she oh, would like oh. nothing else to be what you're doing right oh. now. And I'm just like, oh. you're not like, it's your mother. I'm doing this. Yeah, I'm about to be fifty. Like, right, you're you about know, to be like, fifty. <laughs> like, like you can't be like, hold on, my mommy's a little right, late like, to the appointment. She's like constantly emailing me. You know, like oh, what's happening? And I'm just like, don't worry about it. I'm fine. Right. Like the you can't, poor woman, though. I know, but you let can't let her in a little. Nah, no, there's no Chris, little. Mom, no. she's gonna end up on the podcast being like, and Tori forgot about that time. That right. you, you know what I mean? I gotta. I'm a big boy. I. You know what though? You're a parent, and I'm a parent, you're which is the parent. other thing. Right. So, but so what? But a parent, you're always a parent, and I say this to my I other daughter. I, I get it, but it it wouldn't be. She's worried about you. She, of course, she's worried about yeah. me. But I did. I just didn't think it would be constructive. I forgot what the larger point I was going to make. But it, it's. I don't know. I mean, everything. I think that is. It's. It is a large point in that our audience too is about. Obviously, this podcast has a lot to do with our relationship, Tori and I, sure. and her. You know, all the things that happen. But illness is real. Yeah. You know, and I think one. That's thing, that's what I was trying to talk okay. about. Yeah. I, I just. It's real, and that it affects. It, it affects so much everyone that loves you around you sure you're not the only one going through it I mean, right just to say tori right but i think that it is can be very hard on everybody else and hard on it could be challenging on the relationships but yet it can bring you closer sure i think that you know it definitely caused tori to stay in our apartment longer <laughs> I mean, yeah. she, not that she was happy about it right. right but i was very nervous when she left sure because you know, she was still, she will always have chronic Lyme disease, sure. which people don't even believe me. Like, and I think the hard part is like you say, people will look at you physically and go, yeah, you look fine. You I mean, don't even, even as you're talking, I'm looking at you and I'm yeah. like, but you're all right. All right. So you guys know that me and Lulu spend a lot of time in bed. Tori, I mean, unfortunately, we're in bed like 50% of the time. I feel like at the end of the day, when you get into bed, you want like the softest, comforter imagine and sometimes it's just really hard to find the perfect comforter because sometimes they're too thick they're too heavy they're not soft enough they're too thin they're not warm enough but i would say that buffy which we have tried is honestly it's like sleeping on a cloud okay let me just say this quickly i got my quilt this white marshmallow cloud and I could never have anything else to the point that I then bought the sheets, didn't know we had a code, paid full price, and I am sleeping in the four seasons. It feels like at the end of the day, you're getting into bed in a hotel and you're like, oh, I wish I had this. But guess what? You guys can have it. So we have a code. I'm very excited about this. We have a code. If you use our code, you get $20 off your Buffy comforter. So visit buffy.co and enter code MAMA, that's capital M-A-M-A. Again, the code is MAMA, capital M-A-M-A, and you will get $20 off your first 
purchase. Now, this is even better. If you don't like it, which I don't know why you wouldn't, you get a full refund, full return, free shipping. And I just want to say that there is over 17,000 five-star reviews. So if you don't believe Tori and Lulu, I mean, just read the 17,000 reviews. Okay, so the Cloud Comforter is covered in ultra-breathable eucalyptus fabric. It's softer than cotton and naturally soothes the skin. And what's amazing about the Cloud Comforter is it is made from 100% recycled water bottles. Now, did you know that the average down comforter harms 12 geese, but Buffy's comforter is cruelty-free? So again, you guys can get $20 off your first purchase at Buffy.co and enter code MAMA. But it's like I, like I'm basically, then I was better for a few years, then I took on this like, full-time job and it was like I hated it and it was very stressful got stuck in an elevator I think that like re-brought out all my symptoms I had a relapse then um then I got dumped basically for like during the relapse I had this like I knew it was a relapse because I had the same like rash I had when I was on my IV it's like this very complicated thing but I had the same rash I was like oh this is a relapse it's having like all these weird symptoms again i was like i can't go on bridges like all Mm. these like insane thoughts that you're like oh this is lyme disease like i know this is lyme like something's happening and then like i got dumped and it was like this awful such everyone knows about the dump the skateboarder who dumped me and then um from the lyme disease well it would be tough the best was his mom had lyme disease oh so he's like it's everywhere yeah he's like (laughs) he's gonna go on a date with the girl she's like letting you know i also have lyme he's like i can't go to break (laughs) I'm going to skate away. Right. So, since, but, but, but let me ask Chris, Chris, have you had a reprieve since you had the twitching in the legs? Has there been in this four-year period a time where you've been okay or you've just been kind of coasting? Uh, I've been, I mean, you know, I'm functioning. I'm sitting here in my eye. You can't see it. It's twitching uncontrollably and it's like driving me crazy. So yeah. it's constant like stuff like that. Uh you know, we talked about before the show started, I started a new diet. And when I started that diet, I actually felt close to what I think normal is for maybe a week or two. And I almost caught myself thinking like, okay, did I just turn a corner? But then I kind of hit a wall again. Uh, I don't know if I've had like a full on reprieve. Um, It hasn't. Well, I mean, to backtrack, the 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 worst to me outside of the the fatigue is very difficult to deal with especially if you're trying to work and raise a family and do all that but um the neurological stuff is is the toughest and what you described in terms of like feeling like you're watching a movie or tunnel vision yeah i i had that it seemed to be in specifically to a chinese herb i was taking Mm. but that was by far and away the i wouldn't have made it three months like that like if that had continued i might have killed myself like it was it is the weirdest nuts feeling and i kept going to these doctors trying to tell these doctors and the way i was describing it to them was i feel high but not in a good way yeah that's what i said i was like i feel real and they're like oh you just feel a little high and i was like no you don't understand like i feel like i if i looked at you i would see your death mask like i would see what your face is looking like just like somebody walking down the street i would see or like the way I was trying to describe it to a doctor was I was like, do you ever see the, like those old penny arcade things where it's like early movies and those little like yeah, the, yeah. Right. Small, that's what the world looked like. Like I could only Whoa. see a small thing right in front of me and it was 
had a weird tone and color. Um, do you still get that when you're like tired? Because I, I still don't. Do. Once, I mean, uh, not to that extent, but just like. Nah, I've been knock on wood. Once, the two times I've gotten that, uh, were both in con- connection to taking this herb, this mm-hmm. this allicin, which is a very concentrated form of garlic. And the idea was it was going to break the blood brain barrier and get in my brain. And maybe the limes is hiding out in my brain, which is like one of the most difficult parts in the human body to reach. So th- I took it. And I remember the first time I took it, I was all right for like a week. And I had a meeting at Facebook or Instagram or something like, you know, like a pretty serious meeting. And I was on the subway and I was just like looking at everyone on the subway and I was like, so I'm going to fucking yeah. like jump out of the subway. It's so funny. It's really creepy. Like I was like, I can't go into this meeting. And I. Everyone's faces are just hearts. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> so in the like, meeting. So like, what happened? Did I, you go into the I meeting? I talked to with... the meeting and I'm sure they thought I was like a normal person. But right. the entire time I was just like. <laughs> they had masks on. They had masks on. Like I couldn't. <laughs> it's so, well, it was fucking nuts. But also we're allowed to laugh because we all. You have to I laugh. Mean, yeah, it's so well, crazy. She, yeah. It's so crazy. But it's just so fucking crazy, Lyme disease. Right. And it's so hard for people to understand it. It's very difficult to understand. Um, it's scary. You know, I think that's like the biggest thing. It's very scary because there's not a lot of knowledge about it. Yeah. And what's be- I mean, look, my daughter went and when you talk about being a parent. My daughter went to uh, a camp for her school. She had rashes when she came back. They didn't find any ticks. We got her a test. It came back negative for limes, but right on the positive mark for Bartonella. Oh. But that's a very unspecific result. So, I don't know. She seems fine. She's 10 years when old. When was this? This was a year and a half ago. She seems fine, except a week and a half ago, she started having anxiety attacks when it's time to go to bed, and she's freaking out about going to bed now. Is that something that could happen to a kid? Yeah. Sure. Is it? Could it also be... So, in my mind, I'm like, fuck. Right. My kid? Mm-hmm. She's going to be dealing with this? From... Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's very scary. Um, and do you think, I guess, the biggest thing that people talk about is like or kind of what jennifer said the person that you recommended yeah. the new lime nutritionist right she was what she said that i thought was very interesting that no one else said before she was like well what we have to kind of figure out like why you haven't gotten better like there maybe there's something in like in you already that you had before the lime sure. that like you the reasons why you can't get better well i think that's the biggest question and that kind of ties into what we were talking about before in terms of like well we're you know why does it seem to hit people who are little hypochondriacs or have that element to them my personal theory and this is completely unscientific Mm -hmm. is that you know limes isn't like a very clear-cut thing right it's an impact on your system and you know in my family i've always had uh nasal problem I always had sinus infections right like all the time I was getting like sinus infections and Mm -hmm. strep throats and it was like a running gag in my family like you know we'd go away for vacation my sister Chris would be sick oh Chris you're sign oh Chris you know like and my sister be rolling your eyes and you know everyone's like Chris is sick again Chris is sick again but you know my theory is some people have weak immune systems. Some people have strong immune systems. Yeah. And look, people have been getting bitten by ticks for thousands of years. It, right. Forever, basically. It doesn't seem that people have been getting sick from getting bitten by ticks until recently. So the question is, like, why are these tick bites triggering stuff in people's 
immune systems who might have had weak immune systems to start with, which is why they might seem to be hypochondriac. Or they can't get, or you're the two that, because you have these compromised immune systems, right. it's harder to really get, get to better. get well. Because I do know a lot of people, and I'm sure you do, that have said to me, oh, I took the antibiotic, sure, I know. never again. Everybody, oh, Fine. I was Except sick for... Her. Sick for Three weeks and it sucked, and I took it and I was fine. I and know, it, it's so annoying. And I'm like, you didn't have Lyme's disease. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, I had Lyme's. Yeah. I'm like, no, you had a tick bite. Right. I have Lyme's. You had some other shit. But, um, so the question is why? And I don't think anybody knows what the answer There's is. There's no cure. Really interesting is Dr. Raxlin, who yeah. I just think the world of because mm -hmm. he's really the only one that Tori would not be like she is today yeah. and highly no. functioning. Highly. Right. So, and so he said he was, he started, he was a psychiatrist. Right. And you know a lot of these Lyme doctors were psychiatrists. Yeah. So his first patient came to him, and he actually was in a mental institution. Yeah. But Dr. Raxlin had uncovered that, Dr. Raxlin must be like 80, 80, right, Tori? Yeah. He uncovered that the guy really had Lyme. Yeah. And that's when he decided a lot of, the, he was getting patients like this. Sure. And that's when he decided to switch over to becoming a Lyme specialist. Right. And I, so I don't know if a lot of people know that, but it's something that the, everyone should be aware of. It, it could be right? a lot of these mental illnesses or undiagnosed situations. Maybe people have been getting sick from Lyme's for you know thousands of years. But and they we, weren't diagnosed. And we just didn't know what to call it. But I also think the major problem is, or whenever I tell people about my Lyme, I'll tell them the symptoms, and then they'll be like, maybe I have Lyme, because there's such like... Com you know what I mean? Right. People are, I'm like, oh, I'm tired. They're like, well, I'm tired. I'm right. like, I have What's a headache. They're like, I have a headache. You know what I mean? So then I'm like, I'm like well, I don't want to diagnose. Or sometimes I do diagnose people, and then they don't do anything. And I'm like, all right, I'm not talking to you anymore. I mean, to pull the camera back a little bit, you know, <laughs> like for the audience that doesn't have limes or doesn't give a shit is, it I think. doesn't give a shit. <laughs> right? Like, sure. I think the one thing that I think you would agree with this, and you would agree with this, like, that I've really learned through this entire journey is, a lot of doctors are well-meaning and really do want to help, but they don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully, whoever you are, you will have a fairly normal medical experience in your life where you know it's limited to strep throat and flus. That'd be and, nice. And but you, you know, I before this started, I kind of viewed sickness as you go to the doctor. The doctor tells you what's wrong. You get a pill mm -hmm. or a slip to go work with a physical therapist or whatever it is. And then you get a timeline and you get better. And one of the one of the toughest things for me, at least initially, was, OK, you have limes. All right. How long is it going to be? You know, and in my mind, I was OK, because I'm, I'm very I'm living this life and I don't have a month Right. To be sick. Well, you're in the middle of the right. throes of so, a lot of taking care of a lot of people. Yeah. Can this be, okay, three weeks are we looking at? Right. A month are we looking right. at? Two months? Yeah. We, like, I remember when I first got diagnosed, I looked up the guy. I think his name is Horowitz. I don't remember. Yeah, the Horowitz, Horowitz wrote and, the book. Who wrote the book in upstate, and I call his office, and they're like, there's a two-year waiting list. And I'm yeah. like- I was just going to talk about him. Yeah, it's like, I'm not going to sign up on a two-year waiting know, list. I know. Two-year- now I'm like, why the fuck didn't I put my name on yeah. the two-year waiting list? I would have already. So I think one of the most difficult things is to kind of let go of the expectation, like this is something that's going to be fixed in a set 
amount of time. And, and for me personally, that was very difficult to do because I'd always kind of approached issues like that. Like, yeah. all right, how long is this going to take? But I think in the in the larger picture, even if you're not dealing with limes, like the thing that I've learned about this is you really have to be your own advocate. Uh, whether you have a team, um, whether you're doing it by yourself, like doctors don't know. They have yeah. educated guesses. They also have biases, which was another really difficult thing for me to kind of come to understand. And, you know, one of the things I've talked about a lot when I've talked about it is I'm very fortunate in that I'm like a middle-aged white man with money. And when I go into these situations, I can push back and people generally will accept that and listen to what, like, if I was a woman, especially like a woman of color, like, there's no question they would have just told me I was crazy. Yeah. And that's that. Like, and that's a very real thing. And I'm lucky that I can kind of challenge these doctors. Now, I also do my homework. Like, I come in, like, super, like, every single doctor I've met with is like, okay, this guy, you know, he knows what he's right. talking about. And they treat, like, it's, I've kind of, like, crossed this line, and it's a really weird moment. But I've noticed that a lot of these doctors are treating me kind of as a peer now. Mm-hmm. And, like... <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. But it's, and I'm like, oh, these guys are nerds. They're like medical nerds. Like, I was seeing a guy yesterday and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, what do you think? And I'm like, I don't (laughs) know. Like, I think blah, blah, blah. And he's like, like, you want a lab coat? We got an extra room here. Oh, this reminds me that, and like, they start like nerding out on the medical side of it. Oh, they love it. And I'm like, this is really cool. He's engaged, but. I don't know. Right, like, but I want answers. I want answers, right. and I've like crossed this line where I'm not even like. You've a done patient. so much research. Like it's me and this doctor in there, and he's like, "Google that, see what you think." And I'm like, <laughs> like "All right, I don't know. What do you think? It doesn't seem like it." He's like, "Yeah, you're right." You know, now and I'm you guys like, are "What do you think?" It's like anyway, that'll be seven hundred dollars. And then at the end, yeah, yeah okay, I'm but you know, bucks. it's funny. Jay did so much research like right. you. Like you and Jay could really talk about it because right. he was Tori's advocate. Right. You know, I was the emotional sure. punching bag, right. and would, I was just like the guinea pig. No, right. he. Would, I mean, I no, knew about. What was no, going no, on. daddy. But it was her daddy. Anyway, daddy so he <laughs> went into Doctor Raxon with Doctor Horowitz's book. Now he had dissected this book. He had post its. He had now Doctor Horowitz is really this. Everyone says he's like the lime. The guy. The guy. the guy. I've kind of, I've kind of moved off of that, but yeah, yeah. But also, people are like, he's the guy. But also, and... this was eight years ago. There weren't a lot of people, you know, that were right. having his success. And he had just come out with the book, which I can't remember the uh, name. I of forget it. the name of it. But what? essentially, it's a book, and at the end, there's like a 15-page chart that right. you can oh, like right. cut out and put together. And right. it it was at. I'm sure it's very helpful for a lot of people because it's like it's a chart that allows you to connect the dot between one symptom well, Jay had, and another. Jay had every chart on his bulletin board. So he did it. Board. Yeah, see, I didn't he's, get He's yeah. also, you know, he knows he, the drugs. He was right. calling the pharmacist. Right. You know, Jay had everyone involved. He has his lab guys in Florida <laughs> who do teeth. I'm like, all right, what the hell are they going to do? Right. They're doing porcelain teeth. But now he's got them involved. Right. But anyway, so he goes to Dr. Raxlin with this book. Yeah. And Dr. Raxlin was quite insulted. And I'm sitting in the room and Jay is changing challenging him right and i'm like kicking him like shut the fuck up this guy is doing great by her but jay is doing kind of what you're doing but i think you have to do that and and, but i couldn't have done it he was just like you right and but dr axon wasn't so happy with that but maybe jay didn't approach but that's fine because look the bottom line is this there's no horrors might be great your guy might be great there are a lot of people who you know 
thankfully having some success with this, I can say pretty confidently there's nobody out there who has the answers. So no, there's, I agree. There's, there's no doctor who should feel put off. Any, any Lyme's doctor who's like, no, this is what it is, isn't being honest. So I, I think no matter what your situation is, like you have to do as much research as possible. You have to be prepared to challenge these doctors. Um, I think there is a danger of going down the internet black hole, which yes. I've descended down a number of times, and you really got to crawl your way out of it. And for me, it was tough because you're talking before about like these limes communities and groups and Facebook groups. And the problem is every time you meet somebody who's like 15 years into it, uh-huh. you're like, fuck. Yeah. Like, I don't want to hear, I only want to hear about lime stories that end with, I know, right. I'm better. And there are not a lot of those out there. So no, you're right. I'm just decided, me personally, I'm not reading any of this shit anymore. Yeah. You she know? did the same I always thing. get really annoyed when people say, like, well, you're better now. And it's like, yes, I am better and I live like a full life, but I don't, someone, I don't like feel good doing it. No, it sucks. Like, I mean, I also, I definitely, like, I don't know, just everything's like heightened and I'll have moments where like some weeks I'm like, Oh, like coming up, like if I, it's weird. Sometimes when I have a lot going on and then I relax, when I relax is when like everything comes out. It's so weird. It's like panic attacks and all this awful. But I think probably Chris, just like you, Tori's learned to function with With all of this. Well, I think that's, you know, I think, you know, that's commendable because I know how difficult it is, but I think you have to do it because I think if you choose, because look, there, there've been moments where I'm like, I just have to like unplug yeah. Drop everything, quit my job, and get better. I bet. And I'm not sure if that's the answer. I don't think it I is. I think you got to – I mean, the way I've kind of looked at it now is – and I'm I'm a little – I don't want to say – I feel I'm, like you're, like, dating Lyme disease. I'm dating Lyme's, but also, you know, I don't want to say it's, like, fortunate, but around the same time I got diagnosed with this is when Combat Jack got sick and passed. And, like, one of the things that kind of, like – keeps me going is i'm like this sucks this sucks but big we should time. also say he was also the other co-founder. oh yeah so reggie will say combat jack is who i started loudspeakers network with so in the time of us starting this five six years ago i got limes and he contracted colon cancer and passed away from it so i'm also watching and it happened very fast and it was very intense and very sudden you know but i'm watching basically the worst case scenario play out with this guy who has four kids mm. and a family and you know is around my age and is young you know in my eyes that's right. still very young so you know i think what you got to say is this sucks but you know it's worse i'm not dying from colon cancer right yeah. now and so i gotta keep keep going based on my research um i've kind of decided that antibiotics aren't the answer for me yeah um i think antibiotics are the answer if you have an acute infection Mm -hmm. um if i have an acute infection and again this is me playing doctor but this is just kind of what i've determined is that uh it's probably in my brain somewhere and so if i did do an antibiotic it would have to be something very specific that would like break the blood brain barrier right but i i do feel that you know, that hot yoga definitely set off the fatigue, but I think it was set up by being on Doxy for six months because, you know, the thing with antibiotics is 
And again, this 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 comes back to the larger question of why are people getting sick now? Well, part of the reason people are getting sick is there's antibiotics. We're all being exposed to antibiotics every day of the week based on the diet we eat because unless you're like extremely careful about the types of chicken and pork and beef you eat, you're already ingesting antibiotics on a daily basis. And yes, antibiotics get rid of the bad bacteria you're trying to kill, but they also get yeah. rid of all the good uh, bacteria that's in your body. And there's a lot of good bacteria in your body. And, you know, one of the things that I've really learned a lot since I started this whole Lyme thing is just like how important your intestinal health is and how that's very deeply tied into your immune system. Like your gut, there's a gut. reason they say, oh, your gut instinct. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I feel like a lot, Gut is just not like a food processing part of your body. It's like really where a lot of your health originates from. And I just feel like we're already bombing it out kind of on a daily basis with antibiotics. Right. So then when you really come in with like an IV or something like that, you're really, you better hope you really get whoever you're trying to kill because you're also pushing yourself way back. Now, having said that, I went and saw a specialist yesterday that I hadn't seen in a while. And in my, my mind, I was like, if he thinks... So I, do you have like a rotation of doctors? Yeah, I'm like, I'm, you're I'm like a guy dating who, everybody. Yeah, you're like a guy who's got like a rotation of girls. Yeah. the difference <laughs> yeah. between Tori's age and I think your age. Yeah, I want to talk about is that, that Because I find that very interesting listening to you. Yeah. And Tori will not <laughs> go to any doctor unless we push her. Like, I will constantly be on her. If you know, I see the. No, like, I'm I'm on like Tinder every night. Right, right. <laughs> well, Five she is Tinder. on real Tinder. Every right, night. right. But the thing is, that's the difference. A young, maybe Tori's age, she like wants to push it away. Right. And be like those fucking doctors, and you can see why she doesn't want to sure, go. Sure. And I'm like, Tori, you need to call Doctor Axlin now. I mean, tomorrow. Did you do it? You know, right. we'll have a fight. Right. Yeah. Just leave me alone. I'm not spending, and she'll start complaining about my money, though. Spend it. But it's my money. Right. right. Because I no, feel but not... really guilty. Oh, do you? Yeah, but yes. you got to look at it like this. <laughs> to your mother, the money is, a kid being sick is the worst. Right. Nothing, being poor is preferable to having a sick kid. Right, mm-hmm. like any parent. Totally. Like I'll live in, McD- I'll work at McDonald's. Totally. I'll live in a studio efficiency yeah, apartment instead a- of my kid being sick. Totally. So you're doing her a favor by getting better. The money is like, you don't I give know. a shit no, about the I'm money. And then I'm like to Jay, she didn't go to the doctor. She needs, because right. I am panicked she'll go back to that place again. And which I right. think. I could cope with I think this. when I had like the the relapse, I kind of, I was ignoring a lot of symptoms. Right. Like, and then I think it got me back to a, not to, to let, my original state. Yeah, but, but let then, me tell Chris's story. So what? we're with the skateboarder, we call him. Right. Jay, <laughs> he, he makes his birthday dinner for Tori. So it's Jay, myself, and So this and was Tori. about two years ago. Two okay. years. She's not, do, she's not doing well. That whole right. year I was having, so uh, like I said, awful one anxiety. One of the symptoms of Lyme that some people might know or might not can read is anorexia, which Tori has never had an eating disorder. Right. Okay. The meal comes, this guy is thrilled he's taking right. us out, or maybe Chase, who the hell knows who's <laughs> right. taking us Anyway, Tori now sees the food, and she goes, I gotta get up. Right. Now, Tori is now pacing at a beach, up and down, right. and Jay and I are left with the skateboarder, right. okay? She's having a panic attack, talking to some five-year-old with a balloon, right. and I'm going, she 
fucking go to needs to go to the fire. And I'm yelling at Jay. The skateboard is there. All right. right. The food is getting cold. Right. And I'm going. She's fucking because sick. Basically, she now has like she's has something a symptom I had never seen before. Yeah. By the way, this is years later. Yeah. This is a whole new. The symptom. symptom would be like if I saw food, I thought I was gonna throw up, and I couldn't. And it was a fear of like <laughs> being trapped with the food. No, but it's not. So then we would always say, "Can you?" She would say. <laughs> Can you wrap it up? So here's the guy who thought he was making this birthday right. dinner. Now everybody's eaten. She's been at the beach with the five-year-old kid with the balloon, right. and she's wrapping up the food. Now this has happened. It had happened three times with this guy. Right. I said to Jay, "This guy is so out of here." He's checking out. And I was right. Yeah. yeah. He couldn't handle it. Nah. And so, but the point is, I kept telling her to go to the doctor, yeah. and she wouldn't go. Tori wanted to ignore. No, I actually was going to the doctor, but my doctor, I don't think. A- thought i was on a lot of like oral not oral not um just like herbs and stuff but i don't think it was strong oh, maybe enough right, Tori. and then basically i was taking doxycycline because my acne was really bad mm. and i think that actually brought out like you it brought out my lyme symptoms yeah so then i had this rash and then that's when i was like oh i'm having like a full-blown um not sep- like a relapse a relapse of. it wasn't as bad as it was eight years ago no. but but I think the thing, again, Lyme, and we you've talked about this, reads as so many different illnesses. Sure. So anyone that looked at that would be like, this kid has like a really serious eating disorder. Sure. Like, so what's wrong with the freaking parents? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like it read so eating disorder. Yeah. And Jay would go to me, you think she really has anorexia? Right. And I'd be like, no. I am convinced that this is... But it was something off oh. in my brain that I was like, this is the weirdest symptom. Like, it, like with Lyme disease, you just have weird symptoms. I had it the other... I ate uh, ginger, ma- pickled ginger mackerel. What's that? I don't know. It was like mackerel that's okay. like pickled and ginger. I never ginger. heard of it. And I ate it and I was like, I, I'm not eating anything for the rest of the day. Like, I had such a... Adverse reaction. And my therapist tells me I see a Lyme therapist now, which is a whole Wait, there's thing. a Lyme therapist? Yeah, it's, oh. it's very helpful. Really? Yeah. How did you? Oh, my God. Maybe I should Chris. go to that one. Yeah. I mean, I do like my therapist. So. I mean, you really need like a, a like a sign. Like a, po- I mean, a for Lyme. you, it's easy to do a <laughs> podcast, but I mean, you're a source. You might as well share your information. Well, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. So I have a no, Lyme, Lyme therapist. Right. She tells me she has a patient wow. who can only eat. <laughs> lamb and celery. Those are the only two <laughs> foods you can like. Literally, lamb and I celery. Want to eat that? So I'm not. I'm not there yet. But wait, that's literally the mm-hmm. funniest thing. Not the funniest thing, but like when you look back, you have to laugh at the situation. Uh, I mean, look, I've been in so many. Like, I think I told you. I uh, actually, my therapist. Maybe this will make you guys not want to see her. She, no, it wasn't her. It was my. I have a Lyme acupuncturist too. Do you and, like? Does that help you? She's good. I I tend to to use people who've had limes themselves because right. I feel like they're the only ones who understand. Right. So both my therapist and the acupuncturist both had limes, but my acupuncturist was like, I know this is a little out the box, but uh, I know these Sufi Muslims who can <laughs> do a Sufi prayer over your body, and it's oh gonna like really okay. reset the energy. Right. And I was like, fuck it, let's go. You know, <laughs> like so. Because you de- because the thing is, you de- you get desperate. Yeah. And you would try anything. So I had. Wait, you did it. I, you know, I was expecting like somebody from like you know Iraq or somebody. It was definitely <laughs> like, like a... three hippies from Vermont. With really, one of them had really bad bo. And, Wait, like, that's the... 
they prayed over like me. Like an Egyptian, like death, you know? Yeah, it's just, just like three white so people bad. from somewhere, and they like prayed over me in Arabic right. for like three hours. And, and like, that would be $5,000. I think it was like 300 bucks. Oh, okay. Um, what else did I do? 100 for each. I did um, colonics. I got. I went down a deep oh, did you? colonics path, which was definitely like super uncomfortable and did weird. Did that help? Did you feel better? Uh... I can't say I felt better again. The woman right. who was giving it to me was... She, she also had Lyme. She fell asleep. She, she was tired. <laughs> she had limes, but she was like really <laughs> passionate about like this was what was going right. to turn it around. But like I found it like really painful. So yeah. like that was the other problem. Was I was just like... I had to like take aspirin and stuff before I did it. Right. It was just like super uncomfortable. So I did that. Um, I'm trying to think what other sort of... I'm currently discussing doing a South American tree frog venom treatment right now that my oh, primary, I think it's called like bongo or something like that. I think I've like heard that. of that. I, I never heard of it. It resets things. your immune system. Like apparently the hunters in certain parts of the rainforest, this is what they take before they go on extended mm -hmm. hunting trips in the rainforest because it like just basically resets your immune system. So you don't get high, you take it, and you get incredibly sick for like 15 minutes or a half an hour, and you throw up everything. Oh, that sounds like my, I hate throwing Yeah, up. and I'm just like, I don't know. Troy's too neurotic for that. I think it's really difficult for a lot of people that are in my life to understand. Like, when I had the pick line, I almost liked it, because I feel like people finally believed me that I had something wrong with me. You know, they say, uh, what's the shit where your eye drops? Um, Paralysis? Bell, no, Bell, Bell palsy. palsy. I was like, I wish I could just get fucking Bell Palsy yeah. so that all these people would see that there's something. Like, if my face was, like, melting, right. then people, people would, would say... Oh, he really me. has something oh, wrong. that's fucked well, up. Well, you know what happened to Tori. Well, Am we I allowed to talk about the trip to India? Yes. Yeah, I heard for the wedding. That, yeah. so, so basically, wait, can yeah, I okay. tell my story? Because uh, it's always my story. Okay, right. so I was supposed to go to, every, everyone knows on the podcast, I've been talking about how I was supposed to go to my friend's wedding in India. I was really excited. At this point, I'm, again, I'm living my life. I'm doing well. Like, I don't feel good, but I'm just going with it, blah, blah. And a few weeks prior to this trip to India, I I was doing like a lot of things. I had this like huge like comedy show showcase coming up and I was out every night and I was doing editing. I was just doing a million things and I was starting to have slow I was having like panic attacks like randomly and I was like, "Oh, I think I'm just cuz I'm tired." Basically, a few days before, I had this like awful panic attack I hadn't had in like 7 years. Like the walls were closing on me, just really really bad. And my parents were like, I the next day, I was literally supposed to go to India. My parents were like, you can't go to India. Right. And I was like, if I don't feel good now, how am I going to feel good in India? And I think the, th the problem with Lyme is you don't know when you're going to have these like flare-ups. You can't right. control the flare-ups. Right. And unfortunately, the flare-up happened a few days before I was supposed to go to India. Now, it's not going to... I think a lot of my friends were like, well, once you get... If you're, you're scared. Once you get to India, you're going to be fine. No. They're like, ah, just go, just go. So then I decide I... I'm not going to go. I called the friend I was supposed to go to India with, India with, the girl I was supposed to fly with. I was like, listen. And the thing is, with these friends, I've canceled on them before with sure. another trip. So, right. it, And in college, before I had Lyme, I was always the girl who cried wolf. Like, right. I would do this thing where I'd be like, guys, I have a stomach ache. But that's because I didn't want to go out. Right. So they always saw me as, oh, there's to jokingly Tori, the girl right. who cries well, wolf. Chris was the same way. Right. So then... When I canceled on them a few years ago at the San Francisco trip, I was we were all supposed to go wine tasting. I was like, wine? I don't drink. Like, right. I had a flare up then, so they they kind of know me as that. Not my fault. We just happen to always get into situations where I have to cancel. So I called up my friend. 
I was like, I don't know what to say. I'm so sorry. And she had made a lot of arrangements for the flights to make it more like comfortable for me. Right. Like we bought like extra leg room. She didn't really want that. But I was like, I think it will make me feel better. Like sure. she was going to fly to New York. She did a lot of accommodations for me. Right. So I felt so guilty about sure. that. And I call her up. I tell her, I'm like, listen, I'm, I don't know what to say. I can't go. The flight is literally less than 24 hours. <laughs> I am like, I am so sorry. And she was like, starts crying. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't know she was going to cry. Right. She was like, I can't, you do this. You're bailing. And I'm like, I'm not bailing. Like, there was nothing I was going to say to make her make her feel better. I felt so guilty. Or to make her understand there's that nothing you can you do to make people understand. understand. She's it. She's not well. Then what happened was her sister. Right. Did it get I really hope this relationship, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. But her sister, the next, oh, and then the, the friend goes to me, listen, my sister has anxiety. And I try to understand her, but I just can't. Right. So I said, okay, so she understands anxiety, blah, blah, blah. Right. The next day I wake up. I get, D, I get a DM from the sister who apparently has anxiety yeah. going, don't you ever contact my sister again. What you did to her was awful. You're just another fake Instagram wannabe. Oh, fuck off. Then yeah. she starts commenting on all of my posts. No, God, thumbs worse down. Worse. Like, there was a photo of me smiling. She was like, is this the face you make when you ruined a friendship? Oh. And I was in Vegas. She goes, oh, you, there's a photo of me in Vegas. She goes, you can go to Vegas, but you can't go to India. <laughs> Like, what? That'd be like something like, you can go to Little Italy, but you can't go to Italy. Right. So this girl's commenting on, now it's just comical. I feel awful that I can't go to my friend's wedding. I feel awful about this. I haven't really spoken to any of those friends. Um, no, that, she really liked That was like a month ago. And as Jay says, fuck them. But, you know, Tori's like, don't, don't just say fuck it to me. You don't know what it's like. Well, listen, it's, and you know, I'll speak to the friends now if they're listening. Like, it's very hard to understand. And, I, you know, I said earlier, my very best friend in high school college and into my 30s had limes yeah and it was difficult to be his friend isn't that interesting it was really difficult to be his friend and we ended up not speaking before he died which was like i heard that on you yeah tough a tough thing um but you know one of the problems i had and i think it kind of ties back into the you can go to here but not there is right this guy um he would either be exhausted or couldn't do anything or he'd be partying harder than he would just go nuts. And in my mind, I'm like, uh, if you got Lyme disease and you're sick, you don't go out and drink 30 Guinnesses and do Coke and all that because you're sick. You stay home and you get better. Hard to believe him. Right. It was really hard to believe him. And what I've noticed with limes is, and I'm in a different place. Like I'm kind of settled now. I'm not, but like, yeah. I and I'm, I've never been a big drinker. You know, I, I drink socially. I smoke socially. Yeah. I'm, I've never like come home and opened a beer or made a drink or gotten high. Like I can have weed in my drawer for a year and a half. You're social. I have a stock liquor. Ca- like I'm not a addictive personality. Basically, right. I want to get fucked up. Like really? I really want to drink. I really want to smoke. And what I realized is it's because I just want to change how I'm feeling in the moment, Mm -hmm. right? I just don't want to feel the way I feel right now. And when I drink, even though I'm not supposed to drink, I don't feel like I have limes until I wake up the next morning. Right. And now that I'm experiencing it, I kind of understand why this guy was going out and going so hard. He was just trying to- To come out of himself. He just had to get away 
from the limes. Right. Now, this guy had a lot of issues before he had limes. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying all his issues right. were 100%. But, does, but doesn't everyone really, like, we would, that's something right. we've talked about is that, listen, whether it's a hypochondriac right. or whether you, everyone has some set of issues. Right. And the lime exas- exasperates It exasperates. It does. It, it heightens it. But I'm I'm more sympathetic. I know, I was kind of like the. I mean, this guy was crazy. He was getting arrested all the time. Like oh, okay. he's not like you. Right. But like, you know, I went to his funeral after having not spoke to him for a long time, and like it got confrontational between his parents and I, which really? was, like his mother really came at me. Really, which was tough. Oh boy. Yeah, and uh, I just had to like kind of absorb it and be like, right. I know, I understand. I mean, he you she know. was angry. But I mean, I say all that to say, I mean, obviously, I'm most sympathetic to you, but I'm also sympathetic to the friends because, right. yeah, you look all right. Yeah. You're, and they're confused because they're like, wait, the next day you're like on Instagram right. and you're running and you're doing shows. And- right. And if you're sick, you get better. And the only type of things you don't get, you know, if you have cancer, right. you right. might die. If right. you have ALS, you're going to, you know, like you don't have something isn't wrong with you for six years or five years like that's not how things work in most people's minds and it's very especially at your age like it's very difficult for people to kind of wrap their heads around that yeah but i mean like you'll find out who like your real friends are right you know like if you're dating a guy and he can't handle this that wasn't a relationship that was gonna no really you know like this will this will help you find out like right who's you know Conversely, if you meet somebody or develop a friendship with somebody and, uh, you know, like they're very supportive and understanding, like that's someone who you're probably going to have a relationship with for the rest of your life. Because this this will weed out the bullshit. I'm jealous of everybody, man. I just walk through. I walk down the street and I see people sitting at a fucking outdoor cafe, (laughs) drinking wine, eating croissants. And I'm like, fuck. She's the same People way. who jog by me, I'm just oh like, you know, I'm just God. like, fuck. You, yeah. guys, you guys don't under, look, health, this is the message to the listenership if you don't, health is wealth. Yeah. If you right. get up every morning and you feel good and you can go around and do what you want to do and aren't dragging some sort of, you know, health issue around you, you are winning. Yeah. Because you can't appreciate that shit until you don't have it. I am jealous of every single person I see. Wait, don't you feel better? <laughs> Like, That's exactly what you like, when people I hate say to everybody. me. I hate, <laughs> I hate everybody. When like my comedy friends are like, last night I partied. Uh, I want to go about four and I drank and blah blah blah. Now I feel like shit. I knew I was gonna feel like yeah. shit. I go, but why would you put yourself in that situation? Like to me, I already feel like shit. Right. I just don't. I don't understand these people that would. Uh, I'm just like, why am I living in New York City? Why right. am I like surrounded by? Great restaurants and right. bars. Right. We live on a farm. Yeah, I was just like, I'm not enjoying any of this shit so yeah i'm definitely very jealous of 90 percent of the population i would say well, joint tour all right before we end i just yeah. want to get to some of the questions we had sure okay someone said is there a dating app for people with lyme disease and if you think there should be one do you think there would be i think there probably is um i find that depressing i wouldn't recommend it <laughs> mom would you want me to date someone else with lyme disease i don't think so nah. i think no I think I Did need I someone to take care of you. Wait, let me just tell you the craziest yeah. story. When, when I was on those like Lyme disease Facebook groups when I was like 21, so all these people would like contact me and I would start these chats, these conversations with people. 
never met them, just a little photo. This one guy, I'll never forget, he said to me, he go, we're talking. I don't know where he is. Maybe he's in his, like, 30s. And he said to me, he goes, so we're talking about symptoms. And he goes, so would you say Lyme disease has made you more or less horny? <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. I would say and less, right? I was like, I, mean, I don't know. I, I but like, I should have been like, what, what you the did fuck? Tell me. I was like, I should have. Now looking back, I was like, this is so creepy. He's using my disease to try to like Skype uh, sex with me, and then I stupidly was like naive, and I was like, I don't know. I would say like the same, but I was like so. That was like a very weird situation I had with Lyme disease. Um, okay, someone asked, "Are you in remission?" I don't. Do you think there ever is like a remission? I don't think I'm in remission. No. Chris, you don't think you are? No. Doesn't I, sound like it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, to be honest. I'm, I'm just kind of taking it day to day. Yeah. That's a good answer. Yeah. I don't know, Mom. Sure. What you say? I'm in, I feel like I'm, I think, I live like a normal life. I just don't really. Well, I think because, and Chris, I think you, not knowing you very well, I think you're both very Type A driven personalities, which is not the best. I don't know if anyone's one. ever described me as Type A. No, but, okay. but you've been yeah. so successful. How could you get? I would. I'm just assuming. I'm competitive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's part of it, but right. but okay. So at different times of your life or whatever, but you both have, you know, takes a lot of um, energy and a lot of, you know. I'm um, not a quitter, is what I would say. Like I'm, right. a, I'm a worker. Tory too. Right. So if you're a worker. You're gonna work through it. If you were, if you were a quitter, you would have already quit. That's the point I'm trying to make: is that through whatever places you're both in, right? You're workers, and that's what you know how to do. We're gonna, we're gonna work. You're gonna do it. You might not be the best. They do. I think you're. I mean, you're a lot better. Eight years ago, you were not functioning. Couldn't get out of bed. So I think you do a lot, an extreme amount. I do, however, know when she comes over, Chris, and I could see it in her face, like not to say anything that's going to tick her off because I could see she's heightened. Yeah. Like she might sit on my couch with sunglasses on. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, got to go. I mean, I sometimes I, you know, when she's like that, yeah. but I would say you're incredibly highly functioning, but mm-hmm. that you're always treating yourself. You're always doing things yeah. to figure out how you would get to that 100%, which I don't think you've ever gotten to. No. Okay. I don't think Chris. 100% is probably, I've kind of come to, I mean, I don't want to jinx myself. Yeah. But I, and I, I could take, what about I mean, the other, the other difference is I'm older, so I'm also like, I don't know, man, maybe this is, you know. I don't think it matters. Am I tired because I'm old? Do my legs ache because You're too I'm, young. Well. To I'm, me. I mean. Right, right. But, so I think, you know. Right, I could see how you could think Yeah, that. like, you know, maybe, I, I feel like is I have no aging? muscles in my body anymore. Like. And I've stopped going to the gym and like lifting weights and shit. But like, I feel like like all my muscles are gone. That's not your age. So that's, that's limes. Lime. That's limes. So, I mean, the way the way I've looked at it is, do you have uh, a lime uh, Pilates instructor? <laughs> I'm actually calling somebody tomorrow. But yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's like I've never like really suffered from mental illness. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Like I'm definitely neurotic and kind of like a you know classic Jewish neurotic sense. Right. But. Um, I, I I realized the other day I was like, oh, this is kind of like living with like depression or like you're you're never going to be completely free of it right. in all likelihood, but you can hopefully find ways to, if not control it, like but live with it, limit its impact 
on your life and just know that like yeah i'm not going to be one of those people who's gonna just be able to like sail freely into the future and like this is just gonna be part of my reality but you know you can still lead a life but also what's your choice like you said and i do want to say something as we went to all these doctors yeah i never wanted to hear the term tori has chronic lyme i didn't understand in the beginning when they would just say she had lyme because i had hope she would get a hundred percent better right and so when somebody dr raxlin said she has chronic lyme i went as a mother holy shit right scary now, now she's going to have this forever. And I would actually say to my other daughter, don't say a word to her. She has Lyme disease. And right. I still do this. Do you know what your sister goes through? And she's like, you know, cowers like, you right. know, she's, they're afraid of me. Sure. So it's, it's always there looming. Right. And there's going to be resentment there because then it seems like you're pouring all your energy into her. Well, and, I am. Right. But fuck it, the other one's well. Right. Well, but that's real. <laughs> but that's real. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Um, what can friends or family do to be more supportive of someone with Lyme? Well, I mean, I think uh, literally just accept it is the first thing. I think on a more like specific level, and this is something I think I struggle with with my family is I don't think people understand that even in the course of the day, you can feel good and bad several different times. So like I can be cleaning up my house with my family and it's like a nice Sunday morning and music's playing and we're all kind of dancing around the apartment and then 20 minutes later I'm like, I gotta lay down. And no one says anything to me, but I can feel, what the fuck, you you, you just dance into this music and everything's like, what's the matter with you? And like really that's, I think, if you want to be supportive of somebody with limes, it's understanding that not only in the course of week to week or month to month or day to day, like it can be hour to hour. You can feel fine. Yeah. Some shit can hit you. You'll have a bad stretch for four hours. And by the nighttime, you might feel a little bit better. I generally feel better at night. I don't know about you, but like my nights are the closest I get to normal. I would say around like three or three to five. That's when I'm like the most tired. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, then you're out every night doing stand-up yeah. or working. Right. Yeah. But it, I but I also say, like, what you said, like, how moment to moment. Like, I don't know, every holiday dinner, I always am like, all right, I'm going to go take a 20-minute nap. Right. Come get me. Chris, we're all at the table. Right. <laughs> and everyone looks around. And we're like, they're like, well, should we eat? Should we not? And I just say, she's sleeping. She'll be back. But, like, she'll come over to her sister's. Yeah. And Rachel will come home, and she's worked. That's the other sister's name. And I'll be babysitting the baby, and she'll go, where's Tori? And I'll go, she's in your bed napping. Now, I don't think she still gets it. Right. I but it's not, it's not like I'm, I think people she, get confused. It's not like a full-on, I'm not going to a deep sleep. I'm honestly, it's like how people need a 3 p.m. coffee. I need a 3 p.m. 20-minute nap where I close my eyes. Right. Now, if I'm, like, have an editing job, not anymore, but when I was, sicker more sick i don't know what the whatever the proper word is i would literally go to the bathroom for 20 minutes i would set my alarm i would just close my eyes in the toilet i didn't know that yeah i get i get massages that's what i do oh Oh, yeah i sometimes like during the middle of the day like i'll literally and my wife is like why do you keep going to these cheap places for like you know i'm going to like the cheapest places in like chinatown you know it's like you know a dollar a minute or something i was like because i'm not 
there to like relaxing. I gotta lie down. Yeah. I gotta shut my fucking eyes and I just need to like if they had like like a nap pod. If they had nap pads, I would get like a full membership. Yeah, me too. I just need Maybe that's something both of you can do. I thought about it, but I was like it's so disgusting. Like these massage places are pretty nasty as it is. But it's like I mean I do that too. Like in the middle of the day I'll I always like if I'm at working at an editing job, I'll be like I'm gonna go take a massage and then right. I go for a half. Or no, not a massage. I always say I have a doctor's appointment right. and then or lunch. I'll just because it really recharged me. But I would also say, I with need it. The, well, does it recharge you? I wanted to ask you that because Tori will wake up and go, oh, I feel much better. I yeah. I, well, when no. I take naps, I don't always feel recharged. I mean, like going to get a massage or. I mean, I've I've come in here when no one's in the studio, and that's why there's that pillow over there. Like, I'll just <laughs> lie here for like an hour if the studio's on. Like, yeah. I just need oh, to. I don't know if I feel recharged, but I can get through the you day. Can get through the day. There, there are moments where it could be like one thirty, and I'm just like, I'm not going to make it. Someone asked about like how can you help friends or family or support someone with Lyme. I think stop thinking of us as being flaky because a lot of my friends are like ah Tori's so flaky, she's so flaky. But it's not that I'm flaky. It's just like. I can't, like, I can make plans, but then by the end of the day, like, if I realize I can't, I just, I don't know. Yeah, but here's the thing. You have to prioritize. Like, you actually have more on your plate. Tori doesn't have a family, just not to make you feel bad. <laughs> you don't have kids. But Tori really focuses only on her work. It's, it's right. all about the work. Right. Where you have a lot of other people to think about. But I think about. that's to my advantage in a way. Do like, you? I can't spend a lot of time dwelling on it. You know, I got kids. Right. Like that. Oh, you got kids? That takes, that's, you know, I got to, I got to focus on that. Like I can't really, when, when, once you have kids, it's like you don't have any choice but to like plow through it. What am I going to do? Nothing. Right. Lie in bed. No, you got to take care of your kids. You know, like, and you know, you, you get concerned about the impact it's going to have on your kids. You know, like my daughter was telling a story, like I guess in gym class or something, they, the teacher was like, if you guys each had a billion dollars, what would you do? And I guess my daughter, you know, everyone's like saying buying stuff. And apparently my daughter was like, I'd find a cure for Lyme's disease. Oh, crazy. And the teacher was that's like saying, that's so sweet. But I was like, damn, that's what she's thinking of. Right. That's As what a parent. It's kind fuck, of not what I don't you want because I'm like, right. they don't really notice. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. I'm still like I'm very active. I do everything with them. Like there's been like zero. Mm-hmm. drop off in terms of like my parenting so like i don't want the, the fact that that's what she's thinking she's gonna do with the money i'm like fuck like they kids Part, right he, know, they see they know kids are instinctual it's also your child right you know what i mean but i think that also makes them very sympathetic too maybe they're more aware of like when other kids are sick or when they get older, they're going to be more aware of like. Oh, yeah, I think so. And they're like, you know, if I try to sneak a piece of chocolate or something, they'll be like, Dad, oh. you know, that's sugar. You know, and I'm just like, shut up. Give me that fucking, you know, like I need it. But um, yeah, yeah. hopefully there's some, you know, I think I think that's the the biggest kind of lesson for someone who doesn't have limes mm-hmm. you know if you know someone with limes or it could be any chronic illness i mean it's not just limes you it know could be autoimmune yeah. ms whatever ms uh sure. you know i think you know and i think autoimmune is a big component of the limes thing and i think moving forward like the next kind of progression of uh healthcare in america is really going to focus on autoimmune 
Yeah. I think a lot of people have stuff out there. I think a lot of people are struggling with various, uh, you know, illnesses, chronic situations. And um, I think I'm fortunate again in that I have the ability to kind of handle it or address it. I also think I'm fortunate again, you know, we talked about the age thing. I think this would be really tough with social media. Like, Why? Because oh, you mean like friends believing you? Friends believe just like the idea that somebody would, you know, start looking through, scrolling through your shit, looking for evidence that you're not really right. But you know, in a larger picture, like I'm not. Con- I mean, maybe to my detriment. Like I think I haven't figured out how to use social media to my advantage. But right. I think for younger people, like it's much more instinctive, and it's like, how do you project? this best version of yourself to the world. And I think that's very important Mm -hmm. to people of a certain age, like this projecting like the most kind of energetic and successful. Yeah. And it's a lot of people who like aren't really living that life, but figuring out a way to like portray themselves in that light. Yeah. And I think if you were sick and chronically going through something like a, that would feel difficult to kind of put yourself in that light but even more than that i think you would be also not just outgoing but incoming you'd be bombarded constantly with these images of all your friends Mm -hmm. doing these amazing things and going on these vacations and partying and here we are at this party and oh we're shopping for this and like you know like i don't give a shit because i'm not really on social media and if i my friends are on social media it's just them sending back pictures of them with their kids like so i don't feel like well, I'm missing out on anything, and I think if I was younger, I'd be like, "Fuck, yeah!" Look at all this shit everybody's doing. I don't really feel like I'm ever missing out on things because I feel like I pretty much do everything I want to do. It's just right. a matter when I get to those days where I really don't feel good. That's when I'm very bitter, and I call my mom, and I'm like, "I'm a fucking sick kid." Like that's yeah. when I get very annoyed. But I pretty much do everything I want, and I guess with the social media aspect, it's like. It gets hard because I like I want to show that side of me, but then also I'm like I don't want to seem like a crazy person, right? That I'm like now I'm just advocating for a lot. I don't know. I think it's just you don't want to be seen. Look, like well, I'll speak for myself. I don't want to be seen as weak. I don't want to be seen as having an issue. Right. I don't want somebody to think twice about hiring me for somebody or trusting me to get something done. Like I just finished doing a book with Fifty Cent, right? And as part of that book, like we had, like someone from his office was telling me, they were like, yo, man, like that was really like therapy for him. Like you guys were having some real serious conversations about life and family and all that sort of stuff. And there were like a couple of moments where I just want, you know, and I was like kind of sharing my ambitions with him and like what I want from life. And there were like a couple of things that I said that he really like latched on to mm-hmm. and came back a lot of times. And like there were all these moments where I was like, I want to tell him I have limes. And then I was like, I can't. Mm, Why wow. didn't you? Because That's it's a risky, it's a risky. I, he, I, I, I get it. I get yeah, it's As like, an old person, it, it, and it's who it is, right? Right, and it's fifty. It's cent. It's so not, it's not like some, yeah, it's not like, it's like an intern, cent, <laughs> right? Fifty cent is shit. not a guy, he, executive producer of all these TV shows. I get it, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. So You're I, I in, to make yourself look weak. I interviewed him. Very tense series of interviews, and then I disappeared to go write the book. Mm-hmm. And the real reason I disappeared was he's a guy who goes hard. 
twenty four seven. Yes. Nonstop. Like a Kevin Hart type. He doesn't drink. Worse. He doesn't smoke. Worse. Worse. He's a fucking robot. And I would be showing up to his office with a fucking co- like a twenty foot high coffee <laughs> yeah, cup. Funny. And, you know, we would call a meeting for, okay, you're going to interview him at one o'clock. Now, normally, for people who don't know, I do a lot of what you would call celebrity ghostwriting where I help people write books. And it's a lot of celebrities and whatever. And normally you meet somebody at one o'clock, you talk until two or three, Mm -hmm. and they are ready to get on to the next thing because they have such a crazy schedule. And then you're out of there. And I would go meet with 50 at one o'clock. And at 6.45, he's go. He's not even s- close to slowing down. Like yeah. He just has a motor. And I'm like, I, I'm so fucking tired. Yeah. I got to get the fuck out of here. How, you know, <laughs> how do you do that? So, But how do you tell 50 cents? You can't. Well, I guess I'm saying it now some crazy way he ever ends up listening to this podcast. <laughs> but like, so the other day I handed the book in and I hadn't talked to him in a while because I basically was like, I just got to write this book. Right. And I'm talking to him on the phone, and he's like, where have you been? And I was like, well, I was just, you know, I went into my cave to write the book. And he's like, well, you couldn't, like, stop by and say what's up or hang out or something. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, it's just part of the pro-. But yeah. in my mind, I'm like, I can't because I can't yeah. keep up with you. Like, I just. I feel that with some people. I'm too. just like, you got a, 50 cent. You got a motor and, you know, like, for a lot of people, that would be the ambition, right? Like. Oh, I'm going to go hang out with 50 Cent and we're going to work from one to seven and then we're going to go out to eat and then I'm going to get on a jet with him and we're going to go like. Right. They'd be so envious. And I could see that. And I'm like, I got Like, I can't. Like, I got to get out of here. Like, once you step in that realm. Right. But I also can't. Also, he can't. I know. No, no, I'm just saying if he was even like, all right, I'm going to. Yeah, but I I also can't say to him like, well, I got Lyme's disease and I need to go home. Like, that's to me, that's just like. So it's like it's you don't want to like I'm I'm comfortable talking about it. I'm yeah. talking about it on this podcast. If people no, you've spoken about it. If well, people I'm, ask I'm me, busy, yeah. If people ask Jay me, Jay and I were both very interested. We don't get to hear a lot of people talk. Well, about Well, look, I think it's if people see me as someone who's successful or who's done all right. Like I think it is important to say that like yeah, you can have this thing, and you can still keep you know living, yeah. if not your best life, a version of it. At the same time, like, I don't want to put up a big banner that's like, hey, I got Lyme's disease because I do see it as people will perceive it as a type of weakness. Yeah. And they wouldn't be 100% incorrect. Well, that's kind of, I mean, not to this. Well, that's why you didn't want to talk about it on the podcast. Well, yeah, right. I don't want to like, talk about it. I want to bring people most down. People don't she would always give cut a me fuck. off. Yeah. Right. You're so right. People. That's what I have found. People don't being give the a mother. Fuck. Right. Is that even my family? I felt like they didn't give a fuck, mm. and I did not talk to them for a <laughs> while because I felt like, of course, it's me going through this with Tori, yeah. and we felt so desperate, my husband and I, and I just was so angry that no one could understand. You feel me. very isolated. Yeah, lonely. You feel lonely, and but um, you gotta know that you can do it, and as a mother, you have to have confidence. She can do it. I have a lot of confidence. She can do it. Tori, like after the, Tori's pick came out 10 days before the sister got married. Right. I went to that wedding. Went to the wedding. I got a spray tan. I was 
everyone was like, you look... I mean, listen, I was on eight months of antibiotics, so yeah. my skin was no, glowing. she looked fabulous. And I got a spray tan, no, so people were like, where have you been? You right. look great. No, but she... We, I went to get her a I'll dress, never forget. and no, you got a panic attack. Oh, right. Don't right. take a wedding dress. All right, now, there's no bridesmaid. My daughter only okay. wanted her. So, wait, let me just explain. So, we're at Dolce & Gabbana getting my sister's wedding dress. I have a pick line in my arm. Right. I had... So, when you have a pick line, you wear a sleeve on your arm, so, like, that pick line... It looks like literally a penis hanging from your arm. So, right. I have a pick line, and I'll never forget, I can't breathe in the dress and the guy's like oh my god you look fabulous everything right. about you're fabulous well you could he's like well you get lime i'm like the hamptons like, oh my god i love the hamptons right. Hamptons. like he literally was like that guy from father of the bride oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so he's telling me and i'm like having a panic attack and, I'll never and i'm like get that fucking dress <laughs> off her now and at it my was- sister's wedding i got my makeup done and yeah. i was like all right i have to go take a nap now like i mean i'm not at that i'm very past that you're point nothing like that yet. now but i even think like how you said, like, how much do you reveal? Like, even now that I'm, like, not in a relationship, I mean, when I first was sick, we didn't really talk about it, but my old boyfriend from high school came back around. He saw my Lyme disease videos. He was like, do you really have Lyme? I was like, yes. He was like, well, you're kind of a bitch, so I thought you'd be joking about it. And I was like, no, I have Lyme. So I dated him. Then She dated him in the bedroom. When I had the pick line. The right. pick my line. friends are so jealous. They're like, I don't get it. How did you have a boyfriend? You have, a Lyme, you have Lyme disease. It's so unfair. And so we were dating, but now that I'm, like, I'm very active on social media. I'm very like public. I talk about everything. But now, now that I'm single, I'm like, well, and because I kind of got dumped because of my health issues, I kind of am in the point where I'm like, well, when do I tell a guy about this? Like, do I joke about it? Do I not? Like, I'm almost scared to reveal it because I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to seem like crazy where I, it's just like I get, con- I get confused, which how uh, much I reveal. I don't know, man. I think you got to just take it case by case. I mean, depends also what you're looking for, I would say. Like, if you just want to be dating, yeah, you don't really have to tell anybody. I would say... But then it gets complicated with the drinking because I really don't want to drink. hate drinking. Yeah, I don't like the way it makes me feel. Literally, if I have, like, a one drink, the next day I am so hungry. I feel so... I can't do anything for no, a but day. You went... To, you had five sips. Of course, I have to tell a story. What? You were, on a hi- were you on a hinge date? No, that what? was the one you set me up with the dog set up. <laughs> All right, the dog through my through the uh, puppies. Anyway, it was the grandson. She had a date. You had five sips, and then you went to do stand-up. I was wasted. Aching knows this story. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was wasted off of five sips of tequila. I was, the room was spinning, and I hated the date, and I right. was doing stand-up. She had a breakdown. Anyway, at the stand- at four the- days later, I'm still hungover. No, but you had, this, this, you had a breakdown on stage. That's nothing to do with Lyme, though. Oh. It was about the date. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I thought it was okay. It was about Lyme. No, but it was the about fi- him. No, but the five sips was was about your Lyme. You don't usually take. You can't drink. Yeah, but so it aggravates the Lyme. So right. you got a. So little, then the next day, you were like spacey. No, that no? was just from the drink. But the next oh. day, I had like panic attacks because of the alcohol. Um, I mean, all right, we could literally keep talking. But I think we have to wrap up. Yeah, sorry, people who uh, were expecting a comedy podcast right now. But... <laughs> no, this is a lot of people want to know and also like i used to make those videos a lot about lime and then people being like where are the videos i'm like well i kind of got better i don't really but i don't know i feel like it's something important to talk about yeah i mean look it's if you have limes um i mean i don't even know where to start if you have limes but i think we started i think we but what, the, the, so what's the takeaway from both of you about lime yeah well, uh, I mean, what what can somebody that might think they have it that they're living with I don't it. Know. No, but let's be. Let's. There's positive and negative. Well, people always ask, "What are the sim? What would you say the symptoms are? Like, 
fatigue. Fatigue. But uh, not a normal fatigue. It feels like a fatigue like, oh, this I've never felt this before. Yeah, though what I was trying to describe to my doctor, I the thing that's weird about my fatigue is I'm exhausted, but I could also, like if you were like, but I need you to walk five miles, I could do it. I would just be tired the entire five miles. I think for a lot of people, the fatigue is like they can't get out of bed. Right. Like they can't move. You're, like for, for me, I can do things. Yeah. I'm just fucking tired doing it. That's tired. how I feel. Yeah. So I think fatigue is a big one. I'd say any combination of fatigue with neurological symptoms mm-hmm. is probably a telltale sign. Um, I think the anxiety is uh, is another one. Um, that's probably pretty significant. I don't, it was interesting. I, I was trying to explain this to the doctor the other day. I don't get emotional anxiety. Mm-hmm. I get physical anxiety. And the way I have described that is like, if you hear like a car backfires, right. And you get that feeling right in your chest. Like, was that a gun? You know, it's like very like a panic pr- primal f- flight or fight feeling yes okay that you feel everybody feels it for a second large large bang and everybody on the street whips around i get that when i'm in elevators right that's it and then that feeling in your chest goes away if you're 99.9 percent of the population mm-hmm. for me something like that happens and then it just sits there Ooh. and then it just like it's like literally like i'm starting to freak out but i'm not emotionally freaking out like it's a completely physical thing, which I think mm-hmm. is different for a lot of people with limes. Like I'm emotionally in control. I'm not worried about anything, but my heart is like beating. Uh, sensitivity to touch. Like there are certain things that if I touch, like I was trying to explain this to a doctor the other day, there's a hanger with kind of velvet kind of coating mm-hmm. on it, I guess to keep the clothes from moving. I touched that the other day and I like almost like recoiled. A I was, shock? No, there was something about the fabric that set off some sort of like i could feel a ripple going up my chest into yeah. my heart uh if a bird flies by me now like i duck for cover like my ner- very se- neurological something is fucked up in my nervous system yeah like and heighten 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 everything's That's what I heightened say. tori has that like too. when i have the Sound. hearing sensitivity I, I i'll never forget i'm walking through the lobby of my building and there's a chair where the doorman sits and some little girl mm-hmm. is sitting on it and she just moved back and made the screech yeah. the way people do every day. And I whipped around yeah. and I was going to attack her because the sound was so right. sharp. It felt like someone had stabbed me with a knife. Mm-hmm. And I even was like, what the fuck? You know, yeah. people were like looking at me like. You mean, you mean guy. <laughs> you know, yeah. but I was like, you don't understand. Like that sound was just like so intense to me. So I think symptoms like that are a sign um obviously the rash is like if you know if you get bit by a tick or you get some unknown rash um that's in some ways you're fortunate and then you know really just but you know my biggest message would be you got to educate yourself and you know what you're experiencing you know what you're feeling don't let it because i've had doctors tell me you know i went and saw an infectious disease specialist and he was like, you don't have limes. Ugh. And I've I was been like. so annoyed. And I was like, well, what do I have? And he's like, I'm not sure, but you don't have limes. <laughs> and, I, sure. and I was like, listen, man, like, and this this, this is kind of like back to what I was saying earlier. The, the advantage of being like a middle-aged white guy is mm-hmm. I was like, listen, man, like, I'm not depressed. I really like my life. 
I'm, you know, like, am I a little neurotic? Yeah, sure. But, like, I like my life. Like, everything's going great. I'm not, this is exactly what I told him. I was like, I'm not out here fishing for a fucking disease to have. Yeah. Something's wrong with me. So if it's not limes, what is it? Yeah. You can't just tell me it's not limes, but you don't know what it is. You know, and he was like, well, you know, maybe you need to. And I was just but like, you got to be your own advocate. You have to be your own advocate. And that's really. I think with anything. And that's and that's one of the lessons of this is. Especially health. With though. anything. Doctors are not all knowing. They're not all seeing. They don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. They have guesses depending on how good of the doctor they are. Some guesses are better than others. But at a certain point. You got to take matters into your own hands and kind of decide, you know, you got to break up with doctors. And, you know, like that's a whole subject. Like breaking up with doctors is very hard to do. I've had to break up with a couple of (laughs) doctors where I'm just like, we've hit the end of the road. Like, yeah, there's nothing else happening here. And uh, their bag is empty. You have nothing else to give you. You know, I have one doctor that I went to and she pretty much told me her bag was empty. And I was like, I appreciate you know, the, at least you're being candid with me. Yeah. You know, and she was like, I have to, st- the only thing left to do is to start working with cell phone exposure and, you know, we got to set up, you know, Wi-Fi free zones for you. And we're gonna Like you definitely have that aspect you have with like the electric. Yeah. Like that I don't have, but I know other people. Yeah. Have that. So, but I mean, but I had to tell. What things he doesn't have. Right. Everybody, yeah. the, the, you know, Lyme's disease is, you know, it's like snowflakes, like. People might share common things, but very rarely do uh, two people have the exact same things. It's probably completely, you know, not the case. Um, well, one thing we know, it really affects your life. It really affects yeah. your life. And the other thing I would say is, you know, you don't have to, again, wave a flag. You know, like, I don't write Limes Warrior in my <laughs> profile. You know, like, yeah, you don't have to. But I I do think um, there's a lot of strength you can get from talking to people about it. Uh, With the derealization and the depersonalization, when I didn't know what that was and no doctors could tell me what that was, I was not in good shape. That was going to be a big fucking problem. And I see a Lyme therapist, and when I described it to her, she immediately was like, do you feel like this? Yeah. Do you feel like that? Does this happen to you? Does that happen to you? I was like, exactly. And she was like, this is what's called derealization and depersonalization. And just hearing her put a a name to it, Mm -hmm. like just brought the pressure down 10%. Just because I'm like, okay, this is a thing and I can figure out how to deal with this thing. But if you're just walking around in the dark and everybody in the street has a death mask on and you feel like you're looking through a fucking, you know, periscope or something at the world, you know, like I, it'd be like my daughter would come up to me and give me a hug and I felt like I was watching a movie of my daughter giving me a hug. I was completely disassociated from what had yeah. just happened to me. And even in describe that that um, line fog, the brain fog. I never had that. I felt like mentally I've stayed. You don't think you've had that? I've always been a little foggy the entire time, but like, even as I'm like describing this to you guys, like I can tell, like if you don't have it, you're just like, what the fuck is this guy talking yeah, about? Like, very. So I think, 
uh, like it's very helpful to talk to people who've experienced it so that you can just know that this is something that's happening because of a disease. Mm-hmm. And it's not ideal. It's not great. It sucks. But you're not losing your fucking mind. Yeah. You're not crazy unless you are. But who knows? You know, like, OK, it's work to do, but you can figure out a path. And I think if you try to it's a it's a balancing act. If you try to do it all by yourself, it's going to be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. If you spend too much time in chat rooms and support groups, you know, it's going to get contagious. Yeah. You know, you're going to make yourself sicker just by, you know, like the Internet is a dangerous place, especially for sick people. So you just have to be very kind of judicial. You got to jump in, get the information you need and then jump back out again is what I would say. And then if you don't have lines, but you know somebody who does. If they flake on you, it's not because of you. If they're too tired to do something, even though they seem fine three nights ago, it's no, you know, like don't personalize some, like they're just dealing with some shit that you're not going to understand, except that you don't understand it. And just, right. you know, be supportive in however you can be supportive. Well, I think that, that was... really says it all, Chris. <laughs> um, it was, I have never sat with two people with Lyme disease in Tories all these years. You no. haven't? No. No. This is the first time. Well, my ex's mom had Lyme. Don't you remember? Well, you met her. Yeah, no. She was off I the met wall. her for one minute. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, but I have not. And, See, you're uh, doing it. I, but I can, one thing I want to say All is right, then let's wrap. <laughs> we're going to wrap. I can understand everything Chris is saying. Yeah. I feel like I've lived it with Tori. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean. Tori Piskin. But I don't know. That's Chris, thank you, thank so, you much so much for sharing. No, it's my pleasure. I mean, unfortunately, it's over Lyme. <laughs> but. It's a shared experience. It's a shared experience. It's a unique experience. Um, and hopefully oh, by talking about it, we're going to help some listeners. Hopefully 90% of the audience is bored out of their minds and already, <laughs> you know. No, but I have a lot of people that. Hit, hit stop. But if you're, no, if you're okay. part of that 10% that this is somehow uh, relevant to <laughs> what you're going through, hopefully it's been a little helpful or instructional. But even a parent. Like, you know. Right. Yeah. Parent. All parent. right, okay. Lulu, do you want to say your outro? Yes. So, oh, boy, it's a lot to say because <laughs> I really do. I'm, I'm not just Tori's mom, and especially with Lyme disease. <laughs> I could be your mom, too. Mm. I got it. Got it for